Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? I know I am. Hey, I'm Alex Garrett, your host for this episode and everything Alex Garrett Podcasting. And this podcast specifically focuses on topics that should be trending. And, well, you know what they say, right? Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Well, that line means so much to me. Find out why next on Alaska Podcasting, where we wear that shoe proudly. Well, my next guest on the Alex Garrett Podcasting, you know, we met in January at the Thurman Munson dinner, and the rest of the time's a blur, right? Because right after the dinner, we kind of went right into COVID and shut down. But my next guest is Pete Spano. Uh, you might know him as a USA basketball coach. Uh, you might know him as a humanitarian, a globetrotter even, uh, someone who travels the world. And uh, he, he's got this amazing charity, and he does amazing charity work. Pete, uh, first of all, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Alex. Really appreciate it. It's It's been a little bit of time, but I'm glad we finally are doing this. And you are doing things even through this pandemic that – I, I don't know. I'm sure I got a lot of recognition, but I want to give it more recognition. So appreciate each other the Munson dinner and you tell me you're involved yeah. in basketball charities. Um, I was intrigued from the start, but tell me a little bit more about that. Well, basketball has been a passion of mine since the nineties. Um, it's pretty funny. Um, YMCA was created about 175 years ago. And uh, the game of basketball was created by a YMCA Canadian basketball coach about 150 years ago on my mother's birthday. And uh, I I feel like I was kind of born with all of this in in my DNA already. But, uh, you know, it's it's, it's such an amazing journey with uh, what what I've been able to to learn. And now uh, high school and elementary basketball coach in, in Yonkers, New York. I uh, started my own nonprofit organization a few years ago to help underserved youth uh, through sports, but not just in sports, but to be able to help them, you know, get scholarships for high school and college and, and teach them other life lessons like the importance of, of teamwork and working together in order to accomplish some of the amazing things that we've been able to do in life. And uh, as you know, one of the special guests as at the dinner uh, is a near and, and dear friend of mine, Nancy Lieberman. And uh, I met her back in 2013 around Thanksgiving, and she had seven basketball courts created uh, all over the country. Yeah, she's in Texas now, but her her eighth and ninth uh, court was in Long Beach, New York. After Hurricane Sandy wiped everything out, she partnered up with the, the actor Billy Crystal and was able to basically rejuvenate and, and renovate Long Beach and all of their uh, their sports programs and, and basketball facilities. Um, and for, from that, I was like, this is what I've been wanting to do since I'm six, seven years old. It was just, like I said, it was in my DNA and blood and was just really passionate and excited about it. Today, her organization has over 90 courts all over the country. Oh, Pete Spano, and uh, he does have this charity, and he does all this work. Uh, you are the president of PS Charities. And, um, you know, Nancy Lieberman, I'm sure that also got you through to the women's basketball side of the city. I mean, she is so involved. And, you know, I went to Queens College, and they had 
members of that team in 72 to be the first women to play at Madison Square Garden. Nice. I'm sure you know that history. Absolutely. That's awesome that you're a part of that, too. <laughs> so, well, and they did a whole reunion game. Well, they did an honorary game in 2015, and Queens College like was at the Matrix yep. and Classic. It was a fun night. Um, but tell me, so you basketball as a kid. Did you think that PS Charities would be in existence? I know you said from seven to eight you wanted to do this, but at what point, like how old were you when you really started to make it a, a reality? Um, it's something that I've wanted to do my entire life. I've been involved in, in business and entrepreneurial probably since the age of 10. Uh, one of my first real, I, I know I've had jobs since I'm 10, 12 years old. I was always coaching, refereeing in the community, a part of something and, and doing a lot of business. But right after I graduated high school, I became a manager of uh, Foot Locker and Foot Locker actually paved the way for some amazing things, helped me. You know, right out of out of high school, without a, a college degree, I was able to start in, investing in, in real estate and cars and just traveling the world and, and practicing and doing camps with the NBA Development League at the time, the D League, which is now the G League, when there was less than seven teams there. Sure. And I just knew that, you know, basketball is my passion. It was something I wanted to be a part of. I used to drive five and a half hours to... Uh, Erie, Pennsylvania from New York, and then go to the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield. And, and again, you know, see the, where the first few rules were and uh, created by and invented by the, the great Dr. James Naismith. Yeah. And uh, so many amazing moments and experiences in, in my life that, you know, I'm just been, been blessed to, to, to learn and, and then share and, and to, to teach and, and educate others through, uh, you know, through, through the sport. It's, it's so phenomenal. And and what, to you, what does basketball teach? Uh, I want to get into that because I hear a lot about it. But from your perspective, what does basketball teach? From my perspective, what I've been able to learn and, and watch, you know, from the Pistol Pete era and Dr. J and, and Magic and, and the Showtime Lakers, I mean, the the young kid growing up, you know, I watch a lot of documentaries and, and, and I, I hear a lot of stories. Last night I was watching a couple of Allen Iverson highlights with some interviews, some Jason William highlights with interviews. But basically it, it's just like it's a business. It's a sport. It, it's it's life. It helps you stay in shape. It, it helps you learn, you know, how to, how to work together in a small group or a team with everybody who has a common goal. And, you know, whether you're from United States, whether you're from New York, you know, whether you're from a different country, you all are coming together for a common goal to, you know, achieve something that that's greater than yourself. And, you know, the team has to make a lot of sacrifice. And, you know, some people see it as how many points do I score a game or, you know, how many steals block. It's, it's not really about the stats. It's, you know, whether you're a starter, you're a role player, Everybody has an important position on the bench, whether you're the water boy, the towel boy, you're the coach, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're right. everyone is a part of the game. Having the opportunity to go to so many games when I'm, I'm younger, when I was younger and see, you know, what goes on on the basketball games that you don't normally see if you're not at the game, 
you know, I, I know you've visited games before and you see the halftime shows and, and when they have timeouts, all of the, the awesome community work that they do and the, the, yeah. the different shows. Well, we even see that the college basketball level. And- I, see, I see St. John's in between every, you know, break, have a community. I mean, the basketball is such a cultural fabric of the city, and I feel like you're tapping into that every day. But I got to ask you this. We're both absolutely. Sitting, we're both sitting there at the Munson dinner. And Diana Munson brings up Mm -hmm. Kobe. And, of course, it hit her because her husband, Thurman Munson, has, you know, crashed Mm -hmm. and died. But but as such a basketball enthusiast, to see a baseball widow cross that line into basketball and discuss that, what was that like for you? I mean, it, it was it was very awesome to to you know hear her story and and learn about Thurman Munson. My dad's favorite sport was baseball. He was a a catcher and used to be able to you know without getting up, catch a ninety mile per hour fastball and get it to any base quicker than it was thrown at him. So uh, you know, I I love all sports. Basketball just so happened to be one of the the ones that I've thrived on the most. But I've participated in in soccer, tennis, and just like yourself, I'm sure a number of, of sports that you're interested in, hockey and whatnot. But her sharing that that story and and you know the transition into what it's been able to to provide for her life is amazing. I feel like it starts at, at youth sports and then it turns into so many other things be, beyond what we can even fathom. Well, and tonight, you know, or or yeah, tonight we saw. AD hit the game winner, and yep. those guys probably thought Kobe was watching over him in that moment, don't you think? Absolutely. I think he's watching over the entire organization at this moment, and I'm Absolutely. pretty sure that they're going to they're definitely going to bring home the championship this year, without a doubt, with all the energy, all of the, the stuff that's happening in the universe right now. Um, it, it's It's been their time. It's, it's well over a decade since they've been able to even be in the playoffs, and now they have, I don't want to say super team, but they have everybody on the same page. They do. And, of course, Anthony Davis kind of was, and LeBron, before they got to L.A., they were their own people, right? Yeah. Teams. Now they got a collective and, and they're winning. But because you mentioned the Lakers and because you have a love of the Lakers, what would it mean if this mm-hmm. really did get back up and running for the league and be the Lakers of yore again? I mean, they are at, at, at this point with, with everything that's going on in the world. I'm, I'm just happy that we, we still have sports. Um, mm-hmm. I only am able to coach a handful of kids at a time because of social distancing and, and everything that's going on. But when I started my program a few years ago, we had maybe five or six kids that grew to 60 to 100 kids within the first few years. And, and going from – I started at the – the elementary level and now I'm in the high school level. I'm a head coach of a, a JV team, an assistant coach of a varsity team. And it, it's kind of hard for us not being able to get the whole team out at once together and just facilitating maybe two kids at a time on each side of the court. The fact that we still have sports and, and that it's, you know, they created this safe environment for them in, in Florida. I, I think it's pretty awesome. I, I wish we could have little bubbles in every state and we could yeah. continue to do the, the great work that, that they're working on. Absolutely. So uh, let's get to your programs. COVID hits. It had to affect you guys mightily, and yet you move through it and push through it, and you're back out there, right? So just from March to now, give us a synopsis 
of how PS Charity has been able to survive? Um, come March, a, a lot of the facilities that um, that I was operating with, our, our YMCA, our Police Athletic League, all of our New York sports clubs, everything basically shut down. And uh, I had organized earlier in the year, like a March Madness event. Usually every year for the past several years, I've been blessed to be a, a part of the um, the NCAA Final Four. And I usually mm-hmm. go to a lot of the events and I've had opportunities several years to to kind of hold the championship trophy before the, the last game even started. So like I've had access to the, the championship trophy before the team has. And that experience for a person who, who never had the opportunity to play college basketball, but, but knew that I was at that level from high school. And just, uh, like I said, being a blessed to, to play with NBA players and, and their families and, and coach some of them and, you know, b- help them build and, and follow through mm-hmm. with their legacy has been a very humbling and honorable opportunity. And then, and then the pandemic hits and you, didn't, you weren't able to do the March Madness. But how did you keep your kids? No, we weren't able to do anything for like 90, 90 or 100 days, actually. But uh, going into the one of the articles that I sent you, I, I was blessed to be invited again for Nancy Lieberman's uh, 40th anniversary for two weeks in July. And, and that helped, uh, you know, reignite and, and, and start our, you know, character and skills development with a, a couple of hundred kids in Frisco, Texas where they have a facility that usually hosts the uh, minor leagues for some of the, the Dallas Mavericks. They're called the Texas legends out there. Okay. And uh, yeah, after that, you know, it came back to New York quarantine for a while. And then I was like, you know, school season's getting ready to start. We're hoping to have a season. We don't know if we'll have a season, probably not happening this year, but we're hoping January they'll be, we'll be able to resume high school basketball. And I'm last year, I got a few of my te- teams the opportunity to play during halftime shows of the uh, the Westchester Knicks games, and our varsity team made it to the semifinals and, and lost by by one point when we were up two. Somebody hit a, a corner three off the backboard from us. That was, it was really a, a shattering experience, and I'm like, I don't want to relive that again if we have a season next year. So. I've gathered a couple of the guys together and we, we went on the court that we, we built right after the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend in Charlotte last year that I, I mentioned to you. Yeah. And uh, well, it's been pretty awesome just getting out there, getting back to work and getting everybody on the right page. What were How, how were the kids' spirits um, just as a pandemic hit and then they must have been busting out the gate trying to play again, right? I mean, they were so excited. Absolutely. I mean, during the pandemic, it was a, a little humbling for everybody. I'm sure for others, it was somewhat depressing because they weren't able to, uh, to to do all of the things that they were passionate about. They weren't able to finish school. A lot of our, our seniors that graduated didn't have a graduation. Um, a lot of different emotions going on with different people, depending on what grade or, or, or level they were in life. But uh I just try to stay humble and, and focused on, on the good that we can, can do as much as possible. If you let the, the negativity or the bad experiences consume you, it's, uh, it, it, it's not good. So. It sounds like you got out of the state for a bit to do this camp, which is great. But, but what were the, you stayed saying during this whole thing? And how did you... Can you, you repeat the last portion of that question? I'm sorry, you got cut off. 
sorry. I, um, how did you stay sane during this whole thing, aside from the trip to Texas? And secondly, how did you work on the project when you actually couldn't play ball? How did you work on this during the downtime that you had? Uh, I've just been taking a lot of notes. Um, I'm working on, on a book that I'm looking to release end of this year, or early next year. Um, I've been staying, staying busy, keeping, you know, keeping in shape, trying to exercise, stretch, work out as much as possible, eat right and, and do the right things and, and just occupy my mind with positive things that will, will help me continue to grow and, and flourish and, and accomplish, uh, what it is that we need to do for this year. Well, you talk about how you were involved with the D league and you talk about how yep. you've had this NBA experience. So any big players yep. that you could think of that have stopped by and helped you grow your charities? Um, well, Smush Parker, who won a championship with the Lakers, uh, was a really awesome friend of mine. We competed head-to-head -head against each other. We've been teammates for a while. Um, some of the Globetrotters that, that grew up in my local neighborhood, and, and as I go around, you know, I have built – uh, an awesome relationship with a lot of people in the basketball community. I don't know if you've heard of the movie Rebound with uh, Earl Manigault, but okay. several summers ago I've been involved with uh, Nike Basketball Pro City Summer League. Cool. And, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity basically my whole life surrounded by a lot of professional players and their families and, and just learning from them and, and taking pages from different people's books. Um, Got to meet a lot of, you know, championship coaches. I actually got to meet Del Harris several years ago, who was one of Kobe Bryant's first coaches. Um, and, and again, just like, like learning and, and being a student athlete of the game has helped me advance my life and, and help, has helped me help others get to the next level. Well, speaking of next level, I want to pull up this story because you're based in Yonkers. And yep. You had recently, in 2020, repaired um, a damage court up in Yonkers, and I was I was so moved by that because Pete, in a year when everybody says we have to lock down, you're like, no, we're going to rebuild. And I like to say, <laughs> I like to say, while our people, you know, our leaders like to say we will rebuild, there are people who are saying we are rebuilding. Yep. You are one of those people that are saying we are rebuilding. So tell us what you did in Yonkers Absolutely. due to fireworks damage to a basketball. Uh, pretty funny. Pretty funny story is I have a great relationship with the kid who, who started the fire. <laughs> mm. And uh, I know his story. And I know that he's in the underserved area and where we had first built the court. And he doesn't really have the, the guidance of either of his parents, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, he's with a, a, an elderly grandparent and basically comes and goes as he pleases and got caught up with some of the older kids in the wrong crowd and four o'clock in the morning had nothing to do while I was out in mm -hmm. Texas and decided to, to burn a couple of hundred tiles on my court. And I said, came back and it was, it hit really hard, but then, you know, reality struck and not in my house. <laughs> yeah. So it took us about two and a half hours to, to rebuild. And uh, I sent you the, the story of it It sped up about 3,000 steps in five minutes. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, we, we, 
yeah, we pulled together a couple of cool songs that, that told a good story. And, uh, you know, we, we have some partners and, and we're looking to do it again in the near future. When, once we could, uh, once our leaders allow it, there's, there's only so much that, that one person can do. But, uh, when we, like I said, when we get a team of people behind us, it's endless or limitless with the amount of success and accomplishments that we can do together. Is local leadership helping at all? Like your Yonkers local leadership, are they involved? Do you get involved with them as well to get maybe funding or get uh, absolutely. support? Um, every Monday uh, morning or afternoon, I, I volunteer with one of our main partners and sponsors, the, uh, the YMCA. And we're connected to a program called Feeding Westchester, where they get a couple of thousand pounds of food donated to, to serve to, to people who you know, can't buy it at ShopRite right next door. And the line wraps around Riverdale Avenue behind the ShopRite back to the, 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 the back door of the YMCA. And it's literally sometimes a couple of hours that, that we're out there, you know, as much Master, food as we have, want, we make sure that. I want people to understand that you guys are still staying safe while you're doing all this work. So I guess you guys are masked up. Absolutely. Social distancing. Everybody has masks and gloves and, and, you know, and we make sure that, that we, we What's that? Can people join you as well in this effort? Absolutely. We, we have, you know, a strong team of, of committed people that, that are willing to do good for as, as long as we're here. We're, we're a vessel for something greater than ourselves. And uh, like I said, when we come together, the amount of co- accomplishments and, and success is, is basically endless. If you now, could dream it, you could achieve it. Absolutely. Now, Pete, you, you mentioned you do have connections with professional players. Well, let's say mm-hmm. a team tonight is listening to this and they say, well, you know what? This is interesting. Let me figure out. Do you partner with the teams within the NBA? Has that happened yet? And how are you working toward that goal? And how can even this podcast and people listening help you get to that goal? I mean, right now it's a little tough with everything being in Orlando. <laughs> mm. But uh, another interesting story that, that I wanted to share with you, um, again, once I, when I was seven years old, I always knew that I was going to be part of the, the Knicks legacy and, and dynasty and, you know, grew up watching Larry Johnson, John Starks and Alan Houston and, and the whole game, the whole squad that were able to, you know, bring us the closest that we were able to achieve at that time. Um, about five years ago, I know I'm sure you're familiar with Mike Miller, who was a high school and college basketball coach from Texas. He came to New York and they started the Westchester Knicks that I mentioned to you earlier in this interview that uh, were based out of Erie, Pennsylvania. So Mike Miller, high school and college basketball coach, now becomes the, the D League to the G League head coach of the Westchester Knicks and their first season. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just there, you know, helping out with an event for the kids when all of a sudden I hear, Oh, by the way, there's a celebrity all-star game right now. And, uh, John Starks is playing against Alan Houston or, or I'm sorry, John Starks is playing against Larry Johnson. Alan Houston is the, uh, the general manager and the assistant general manager of both Knicks organizations. So they're all in attendance and Larry Johnson, you know, also being one of my favorite players, part of the Space Jam movie, I was a part of his team and, and hit a, a clutch like Damian Lillard half court shot <laughs> to bring Larry, Larry Johnson's team over John Starks to, to help get the victory. And, uh, 
you know, like I said, it's just a combination of putting positive energy and being in the right place at the right time. I'm not sure who's going to listen to this, what's what's going to actually come from it, but I know that I'm going to do the absolute best I can with everything that's on my plate and table. And once it's clear, you know, we're going to go and, and, and serve as, as many as possible and help them fill their plates and, and bring success to the, the next level. When these kids not only play, but when they see the, you know, the John Starks, the Allen Houston's, mm-hmm. the Larry Johnson's come through your organization to meet them, what are their faces like? <laughs> In shock. They're like, no way Coach Pete made this happen. <laughs> you know. That's very and, cool. and they love it. And now more people are flocking to our school. And uh, it, it, it's pretty awesome. You know, I, I've been blessed to have really great parents and, and to help provide a really great education. But the school that, that I coach at, unfortunately, is about $8,000 per semester a year. Mm. So not, not everybody's afforded the opportunity. But if they're a student athlete and, and they're, they're coachable and teachable, you know, we're, we're willing to work with them and, and help them get scholarships for high school and college. And we want to learn about them and develop their character, you know, just in case they don't become the professional player that they want to be here in the States right. or overseas. I'm working right now with future doctors, dentists, lawyers, chiropractors, and and maybe the next few mayors and governors. Who knows what everything is going to evolve from basketball, but I know that they're enjoying life and and they're learning. I'm loving it. Yeah, that is so important to talk about because, and up until this quarantine, I think even more so because we don't know how the schedule is going to play out for college ball. But you would say there's a lot of pressure on these student athletes at every level. So how does your organization absolutely pressure? How do we deal with pressure? And how do you ease it for them that they can have fun with it and not feel pressured by it? Oh, what we do is we we focus on what we can while we can. We, We look at it one day at a time and we look at what we can do, not what we can't do. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm out there volunteering for a couple hours a day, and then you know I'm I'm working mainly from home right now, but I'm reaching out to some awesome people like yourself and and finding a way that we could find synergy and collaboration and, and connection to to develop great greater good for ourselves and society. I did want to ask because obviously the virtual e-learning world is like a norm now. So how are you helping your students oh, yeah. deal with that? Uh, it, it's pretty funny because we got them tablets and, you know, they were using them for games or, or you know, whatever else that it was. <laughs> yeah. But we do um, we do now in, in the school host, um, you know, we have enough classroom space because we're a private school. We don't have thousands of kids. We have a select couple of hundred that are, are coming to school maybe two or three times a week. They just started about a week ago. But uh you know, a lot of their parents, unfortunately and fortunately, that they're working from home. They're not making as much money, but they're there to make sure that the kids are watching the Zooms. And for the ones that need to go to work, uh, we have programs at either the school or the YMCA that will help them with the Zooms post or, or prior if they have any questions. They're willing to go over it a little bit more thoroughly. So it's not just watch this half hour or hour video and figure it out on your own. They want to make sure that the content uh, is absorbed and uh, is put to good use. 
are they all connecting through you, like the YMCA in your school? Is that a connection you created, or how did that happen? It is a connection that, that I created, and, and, you know, I've been blessed to be in the community and part of several organizations that they're, we're all kind of connected anyway, but mm-hmm. it, it's just starting the right conversations with the right people to get everybody on the same page. I don't want to say that it happened because of me, but, um, you know, they've been out there hundreds of years before I was even thought sure, of. <laughs> sure. But was, I got to ask. School started. I, I can just sense with through Pete Spano Charities and through your personality and through your go-getting spirit, you are like a bridge to so many different and, and the link. Seven, eight years old on the basketball court, just thrown a hoop, thrown to the hoop. Did you ever think you'd be this bridge, this link to the community uh, in the way you are? Um, not at seven years old, but I knew that this was my life and this is what I wanted. I didn't know all of the uh, details, the avenues that it had. But, but yeah, I knew that this is what I was passionate about. This is what excited. This is what motivated me. This is what took me away from the video games and the binge eating. <laughs> mm. And it helped me, me get in shape and create a better lifestyle for myself. And I could tell so that I you was all about it. Our faith base, right? So you believe this is God's call. Absolutely. That That's amazing. That is really, really special. Um, you did mention that's- a number, and I want to kind of get back to that for a second. You said eight thousand dollars. Sure. Is that like a, a a goal you guys have to meet? I I was just trying to figure that out. No, it's eight thousand dollars per kid per year to attend our school. Wow. It's a uh, it's a private it's a private uh, high school, and it's uh, like I said, it's not not easy. It's not it's not it's not for everybody. But we, we the ones that want it. We, we create those bridges for them. <laughs> well, and I've got to say, though, the, the general public could probably help you guys out because of the financial crisis. Oh, weighing, weighing heavily, right? Uh, absolutely. Um, I had a, a kid that I've been coaching for the past four years. And, uh, you know, when he came here, it was a, a real eye opener for him and his family. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're extremely grateful for the opportunity. I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity to help. Uh, be a positive role model and, and influence in, in, in everyone's life that has been in mine. It's basically like just passing the torch back. <laughs> yeah. Or, or forward. I should say passing it forward. I, w- I would say paying it forward for sure. Paying it forward. Because, I mean, it sounds like you also had a lot of breaks come along your way, and, and now you want to pass that on to someone else. Absolutely. That needs it. Definitely. Have you... This is such a tenuous time, um, mm-hmm. and we often now are hearing how the COVID crisis really did expose what some would say is the inner city crisis because of the testing and the yeah. not testing. Did you see that? Did Absolutely. you think there was a big difference between the community, inner city community, and maybe the suburban? Like, what did you notice? Um, I noticed that. The, the whole world is struggling, whether you're the, the, the poorest or the richest. I think society needs to, to come together and put, put their differences aside or behind them and, and realize that we have a lot more in, in common than, than we think. And, well, and personally, just it bothered, find it bothered me that they would only say it was that. It, it, I didn't like that they were saying there was such a big divide because I feel like at the end of the day, 
we can build the gap. We can build the bridge, but bridge but by by telling us there's a gap, it just made it seem more political than it should have been. I don't know. That was just my thought. I think almost everything we do could be flipped around in politics based on somebody's opinion and, and where they're looking to go with it. But um, yeah, you just have to live your life. And if somebody doesn't want to come up to your level, you can only extend your, your hand so far down to bring them up. You know, everything has levels in life. We try to lift others as we rise and whatever we do, but some people are just complacent or content. And that's a point of their point of view. But I feel like if, if you could change some, but one person's life, you know, maybe they'll change thousands. Maybe it's not you. Maybe we're just the vessel for our starting five, you know, <laughs> who knows? Oh, I love that. But, uh, line. We, we, we yeah. And, um, and Pete, where can people get in touch with you and the charity? I know you have three different websites, so just tell us about everything. Five different websites, but the main ones that I use are, uh, what, what you usually communicate with me on it is Pete Spano 2 on uh, basically every social media platform. I'm pretty much in, involved in LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I have a Facebook page, and I'm also on IMDB, which is Internet Media Database. And yeah. uh, it, it's pretty awesome. We, we have pscharities.org, at pscharity18 is the best way to, to inquire about uh, charity collaborations or, or projects. But, um, you know, yeah, you have, you have my number, you have my, my links, my sites, if you know, you share them and, and, and you have people that, that can benefit from it and, and vice versa. You know, like I said, reach one, teach one. We, we all have, have something that we can provide for someone else at some point in our lives. Hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I see you wearing the NBA hat. I know you're a big fan. Can't let you go without saying what's going to happen. Oh, I love that hat. That that is a classic hat, actually. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You know this whole thing. Lakers were expected. Nuggets were not expected. Um, yeah. You know, something's losing was, was sort of a shocker. Who would have thought they'd lose to Miami, right? Oh, yeah. So the unpredictability. What does that lead to? Could the Celtics be knocked out by an up-and-coming Heat team? Anything is possible. I mean, they, they're they both competing in, in the Eastern Conference Finals, and, uh, you know, any, anything is possible. You, you looked at what happened with, with other teams that were up certain numbers, and it, it all comes down who's hungry, humble, and, and plays – plays the game with with their heart and their intelligence because it's like a, a game of chess or 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 or, uh, or or more more than the game it's like I said it comes down to the hunger and the ambition and and the unity and the drive of, of the whole team one player can only carry so far but when you have a, a diverse and, and dynamic group and everybody's on the same page and they're all focused on their next meal mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms that other players have put it <laughs> they're worried about their food and uh that, that's what it comes down to. I, I can't predict who's going to take it in the Eastern Conference, but um, I'm sure yourself and myself and the rest of the world know that um, Los Angeles has the West right now. Yeah. But even that well, is... You know, no, I mean, the won and came then back a little bit. So I'm just Exactly. They came back and did a 360. Who says that they can't do it again? <laughs> hey, uh, one last thing, because there are other sports going on. Your Absolutely. Basketball. But has the organization mm-hmm. gotten attention from 
say, other sports like baseball, football, hockey? Um, we, we go to events and, and sometimes our organization or team gets tickets to bring a, a couple of people, whether it's through a YM, our YMCA or a police athletic league. If we have extra tickets to bring kids somewhere that weren't able to uh, afford that opportunity, uh, yes, definitely. Uh, a few years ago, the Mets were against Kansas City for the, um, the World Series. And I was blessed to be a part of that. Last year, I was blessed to be a part of the U.S. Open. And on our next basketball project, we're hoping to uh, attach an awesome partnership with the U.S. Open. But, uh, yeah, everything is, is just through sports. And, and basketball may or may not be your sport, but we just want to let kids know that there's other options or opportunities back there. They don't have to uh, settle or, or get stuck in a level where they feel like they can't develop. Oh, my gosh. I got to bring you back for that other conversation then because – I think we both agree for it. Many, so many people pigeonholing saying, no, you got to stay Absolutely. with one sport and one sport only. And I think you and I can agree that's the worst. No, the worst. You know, Aaron Judge, home run derby winner, but he played ball. He played football. Yep. He played all these other sports. And you wonder why he's such a good yep. athlete because he had all these other sports. And I think you'd agree uh, every sport builds a different kind of character. So, if you stick them Absolutely. in and, and different skill sets, and if you stick them in one sport and say that's the sport you're going to be, it actually does more harm than good. Would you agree? I don't know about harm, but I feel like it will make you maybe close-minded because there's people who stuck with one sports and they did their best at it, and so be it. But if you look at, I was listening to Jason Williams' documentary. Him and Randy Moss were uh, high school players together. And Randy Moss was in very good at basketball, and then he became a professional football player. Allen Iverson was going his his passion and main love was was football. He had a, a tragic incident, and then all of a sudden, basketball became his life. He looked up to Michael Jordan. He got to play Michael Jordan, you know. But then you look at players like I don't know everybody's full story, so you could quote me or correct me if I'm wrong. But there's players like players in the Yankees and the Mets that only did baseball. And I, I don't want to say that it harmed them, but it may have limited other experiences if they haven't, you know, tried. You don't know what you can do until you try. I could agree to that statement. But a baseball player and can be also a golf player, a hockey player. It's similar motions with a, a puck or a baseball, whether you're swinging from your toes at the chest level, you're trying to knock it over the fence. You're trying to hit it over the 200 right. yard tee. I mean, it, it's just you, you and the ball or the puck or whatever the, the the thing is that you create. Sometimes you just have something and you get inspired and you create your own game, like <laughs> right. Dr. James Naismith 150 years ago. But you just have to 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 not dwell, but Focus and, and thrive on, on what you have and what inspires you at the end of the day, I believe. And I also agree in expanding the horizons uh, for sports, for sure. Um, Absolutely. But you could be a sport person and have three professional careers because of that sport. That's a very true point, too. I, I didn't think of it in that context. Um, with this conversation, I just thought, man, you're encouraging people to do other sports, too. And I, I love hearing that. So keep... Spreading your message. Let me tell you, it's a message of positivity, and it's a time where we need more positivity, right? So thank you, Pete, for bringing that to your podcasting 
And please come back. Please let us know how things are going. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate you setting the, the, the time aside for, for this. I know it's it, we've been trying to set it up since the dinner. And uh, I'm glad that, that we were both able to uh, to work it's it out. Time, in, in man. Our, I really in feel it. Uh, I really feel it. And, yeah, I just it's special. So, Pete, great to talk with you. We'll see you again with things opening up. Hopefully see you soon in person. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Thank you, Alex. Stay safe, um, my man. You too. I'm Alex Garrett. This is another edition of Alex Garrett Podcast.